I, I think I think if we can get going here, I think we may end up, huh? Yeah, you listen real fast. I'll talk slow. And um, uh, no, I think we may end end a little early tonight. Which, if you have a want of kids, that doesn't help you. But us older people, it's always a blessing. <clears throat> but uh, uh, I want to. We we've been talking about salt and light, the metaphors that uh, Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount after the Beatitudes, uh, verses uh, 13, 14, and 15. And 16, he says this, he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A light that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, <coughs> excuse me, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, <coughs> excuse me, which is in heaven. Let's pray. <coughs> Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and Excuse me. And Lord, I do ask as we uh, look at your word tonight that you would uh, use it in our lives, that you would help us to see not only our responsibility in in our lives, but see how you uh, work in our lives. And Lord, help us to uh, never forget that, that you are our light. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we've, we've been talking about these two very simple metaphors that God gives us. Everybody understands salt and light. And we talked a lot about salt. Um, my wife reminded me it's been almost a month uh, since we've been on this subject uh, because of Christmas and the, the Christmas program and everything. So, <clears throat> so anyway... We, we talked a lot about salt, uh, the different characteristics of salt. And we started talking about light the last time we were here. And <clears throat> I, read, I read something. I want to read it again because I think this is critical to our thinking sometimes. Uh, uh, church history tells us of a group of men called the uh, uh, Anchorites uh, who lived in the 4th century. Uh, they dwelt in solitude, fasting, and injuring themselves. Uh, the, uh, the, near, the nearer they could bring themselves to the level of an animal, the better pleased they were. <clears throat> One sect actually grazed with the common herd in the fields of Mesopotamia. They acquired a great reputation for their holiness because of their... Um, mournful attitude toward life. One of the most famous of these monks was a guy named Simeon Stiles, who lived A.D. 395 to 451. So uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he, um, 
was famous because he uh, his standing for years on the top of a column 60 feet high until his muscles became rigid. Uh, I, I just can't imagine that. <clears throat> Some of these hermits hung weights on their bodies. Others kept themselves in caves and <clears throat> all endured, uh, excuse me, endeavored to make themselves holy through being miserable. And, and, you know, the world looks at that kind of thing and they, and they think, wow, you know, what dedication and what, what humility. But the problem with that, and I, I like this article, that's why I wanted to re, reread it. The motivation of these men may have been truly honorable, a, a, a desire to escape the vices of the great cities. But the, great, the greater the corruption of society, the more need for holy men and women to live in that society. The world can only become darker by the withdrawing of its light and more corrupt through the removal of the salt scattered over it. <clears throat> and I, I love this article because it, you know, it, 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 it reminded me of the fact that our country, our state, our city needs the light. And <clears throat> it is politically speed, uh, uh, easy for, I, I, in fact, I, I'll just tell you, I, I, know, I know someone, a family, who moved out of Nevada when our previous governor got elected. Because, oh, Nevada's going liberal. And he moved away. I thought, if anything, that should give you cause to stay. Because the darker the society, the more light is needed. And so often we fail to recognize that. Last, last time we talked about point number A, uh, letter A, <clears throat> that light attracts. You know, uh, the easiest way to illustrate that is to just, in the springtime or in the summer, just turn on your back porch light. <laughs> and a light does attract. I think I shared this. I'm pretty sure I did. But there was a, a man in his family that came to our church many, many years ago. And I went to visit him and, you know, talk to him, get to know him. And he informed me that, that they would not be coming back because our church was full of sinners. Amen. <laughs> and that's what I thought. I'm like, praise the Lord, you know. Me being the chief, you know. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, you know, his, 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 his thing was he did not want his children to go around, grow up around people that were sinners. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, like good luck. You know, how's that working out? And, and let me say this. Let, let me say this. And I, I'm not criticizing him. Trust me. The last thing in the world I would do is criticize him because 
Um, that's not my place. But out of the four kids that he had, I know of at least three that turned their backs on God when they got older. You know, we sometimes try to shelter our families, but in reality, what are we doing? We're, we're not allowing their light to shine. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16 says, Do all things without murmuring or disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Well, Paul here in the book of Philippians, what's he talking about? <clears throat> Uh, uh, that ye may be blameless and harmless, <clears throat> the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. You know, I, I, get, I get a little weary when I hear Christians complaining about our country. I've, heard, I've actually heard pastors say, say things like, <clears throat> the United States owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. No. No, that, that's not even, not even close. The world that Paul lived in makes our world today look like a really nice place to live. Paul would have given anything to live in our world today. Now, do, do we have problems today? Absolutely, we have problems. But Paul and his disciples and the, and the believers, they knew what it meant to live in a crooked and perverse world. Jesus described John the Baptist in John chapter 5 and verse 35. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. What an incredible thing to say. That he was a, 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 a bright and shining light. And I don't know about you, but verses like that cause me to think about my light and how, how effective of a light am I. Does my light attract people to the gospel. John chapter 3 and verse 21. But he that hath, uh, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So, light attracts. Letter B, 
this is this is new this is new for you that all that so far was review so this is new letter b light repels okay now i want to i want to make one thing perfectly clear here light does not push people away from the gospel okay light should attract people to the gospel but what i mean by this is is i i really couldn't think of a better word <clears throat> i toyed with the idea of overcomes so light light not only attracts people but it should repel darkness or overcome darkness the definition of darkness is the absence of light that's the definition of darkness question have you ever had the opportunity to go into a cave i know i i've been to i've been in several growing up when i was a kid but a few years back we uh i don't remember if you were with me or not but uh, i went up to virginia city and uh, i did a tour of one of the caves up there and they always take you down to the bottom and then what do they do turn out the lights <laughs> <laughs> and you are plunged into pitch black. But what happens when the lights turn on? There's no more darkness. There's no more darkness. The light, the light overcomes the darkness. See, we are we are surrounded by darkness all the time. But it's the light that overcomes the darkness. Darkness, no matter how dark it is, cannot overcome the smallest light. Think about this for a second. The, The deepest, darkest dark cannot overcome the smallest light. I learned that in the Navy. Those of you that, uh, um, you were in the Air Force, right? But we learned immediately when we st- when I got on board ship, <clears throat> they taught us, well, I didn't smoke, but they told us when, when we're out at sea, <clears throat> we were not allowed to smoke outside the ship, on, on the deck of the ship at night. Because the, the glow of a cigarette can be seen for five miles. Huh? Makes you a target. Makes you, makes you a target. Exactly. <clears throat> the, smallest, the smallest light. Yeah, you, you know, and I, I thought, I thought, oh, come on, you guys are just, I thought, it would, you know, the, the Navy, they're always pulling jokes on the young guys, you know. When you get out there and you see how dark it is in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the night, it's true. You can see it. And the only reason you stop seeing it is because of the curvature of the earth. Think about this. The smallest light can overcome the deepest, 
deepest darkness that we can find. Light overcomes. And that is the light that we have. Who was Jesus talking to here? First century people, right? They understood darkness. They didn't have street lights. Or porch lights. (laughs) Or cell phones, yeah. You know, I tried to play a trick one day on somebody. I This a couple years ago. Uh, after church, there was a young man uh, in the in the restroom over here, and I was waiting to turn off all the lights. And so I was standing at the door, and I, I heard him in there. So I turned off the lights, thinking, you know, he's going to come out of the bathroom and, you know, make his way down the hallway bumping and everything. And you know what he did? He got he got one step out of the door. He whipped out his cell phone, turned on his flashlight. I'm like, man, you just blew the fun out of that. but the smallest light can dissipate the deepest, deepest dark. So I guess what I'm saying is try never to underestimate the influence that God's given you because we can become intimidated, can we not? By all the darkness around us. But if we will let our light shine, we can make a difference. When years ago, some friends of ours from back east uh, came out and preached for us. I don't don't know if you guys remember, it's been several years ago, uh, Clayton Shumpert and his wife. He was a very, very dear friend of mine. Anyway, his, his health is, he's not doing well, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, Monday after church on Sunday, we, we took him into, into Reno and, you know, did the, did the, you know, tourist thing with him. And we were driving down Virginia and they were just fascinated with all the casinos, you know, just, you know, the big buildings and the lights and the, you know, and it, and it's the middle of the day and they're just like, uh, cause you know, they'd never seen anything like that. Anyway, we get down Virginia, and well, I think we're heading to lunch, I, I think. And and one of them said, do you ever go into the casinos? And I said, well, when you live here, it's almost impossible not to go into one periodically. I said, we, we try not to, but, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. And um, I said, why would you like to go to one? Oh, can, can we? I said, well, yeah, you know. And uh, I said, you've never been to a casino? And he's like, oh, no. And um, I said, uh, he said, he said, how much does it cost? <laughs> I said, trust me, it's free. <laughs> they want you to come in. So we were, we were down... Uh, south South uh, Virginia, well, which one? The Pepper Mill. So I pulled into the Pepper Mill. And he says, why, they even have free parking? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But we walked in, and we got about, I don't know, probably 30 feet in, and uh, we stopped, and, you know, all the lights and the noise and everything, and and he, he just kind of stood there, and he's, you know, and his wife, their eyes were about this big, and, you know, they never see anything like it. And we uh, just kind of turned them loose and just said, okay, we'll meet you back here in a few minutes, and so anyway, so they kind of wandered around looking at stuff, and and we got, they came back, and we, we met up, and the first thing he says is, why is it so dark in here? I said, well, there's two reasons for that. I said, the first reason, the practical reason is, if they can get their customers to lose track of time, then they don't know how long they've been in the casino. So if they can see the sun coming up, coming up and going down, <clears throat> then they know what time it is and they, they, they know how long they've been in there. So they, they do that on purpose. And then Melanie says, and the other reason is, men love darkness rather than light. And he just looked at us and he said, oh my. John chapter 3. Verses 19 to 21. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and that and men love darkness rather than light because his deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doth, uh, uh, doeth truth becometh to the light. Uh, excuse me. He, but he that doeth good, uh, uh, doeth truth, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made ma- manifest, that they are wrought in God. So what happens? Have you the, the the people that know you, family members, friends, co-workers that know you, that know you're a believer, what happens when they curse? Oh, oh, didn't mean to say that, sorry. They recognize the light. I worked around people for years. I <clears throat> I never had to tell them, hey, don't talk like that around me. They saw the light. And there, there were a couple that I had to say, hey, look. Enough's enough. But if your light is shining, people recognize it. The light of Christ has the power to overtake or to repel darkness. All we need to do is be the reflection of that light. Some people will be attracted to Light and others will be driven away from light because of their sin. Men love darkness rather than light. Question. Did the church pay their electric bill this month? (laughs) Cindy's, yep. (laughs) But... Seriously, did we pay our electric bill? 
Okay, the lights are on. The heat's on. Yeah, the heat's on. We paid our gas bill. Okay, but now, now obviously, if we were all sitting in the dark and you know, <clears throat> Brian's over there flipping the switch and checking the breakers and there's nothing happening, what would what would be the obvious conclusion? We didn't pay the bill. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody else has power but us. Um, because we have lights on, we have light. We have light, lights. Why? Why do we have lights working right now? Okay, okay, so we can see. No, that's the byproduct of the lights. But why why are the lights operating, I guess I should say? Okay, yeah, because Cindy paid the bill. Um, no, it's because it's connected to the power. Every, well, letter C, letter C, light requires a source. <laughs> light requires a source every I, I, I thought about it I, and Brian you can help me here every every source of light I could think of uh, needed uh, needed a source uh, a flashlight needs batteries um, you know lights need electricity candles need what a wick okay Camp, you know, everything, everything needs a source. Every source of light needs a source or fuel. What's the obvious source of our light? Jesus Christ. See, we cannot be the light. We cannot be the light. We can only be the source of uh, or not, not, uh, that's not right. <clears throat> Jesus is the source of the light. We can only reflect what he gives us power to do. Just as if these light fixtures were, it, it, it's actually pretty simple to disconnect the source they would not work. We can be disconnected from the source and lose our ability to shine. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every, every good and perfect, everything is from above. And cometh down from the Father of what? Lights. With whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. John, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is the light. Or excuse me, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. When we walk with God, 
we can have that life. And when we are in the will of God, we can reflect that light to a dark world. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David here very clearly gives God the credit for being the source of his life and his salvation. And because of that, he can not have any fears. What shall I fear? If he's, if he's the light, then what do I fear? Psalm chapter 36, verse 9. For with thee is the foundation of life. In thy light shall we see light. In thy light. You know, I love, I love, I should have, I should have looked it up. I didn't think about it till just now. But I love in the, the, the account of creation that God created light before he created the source of light. I love that. Why? Because he's the light. First John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We must live our lives in a way that we are lights in a dark world. We need to plug into the source. So what are, the, what are ways that we can plug into the source? The first and probably the most obvious is the Word of God. The Word of God. For lack of better terms, is our battery pack, right, Brian? <laughs> Psalm chapter 119, verse 105. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's the word that lights our way. It's the word that's going to give us answers to life. Psalm chapter 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth life, uh, excuse me, light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Peter put it like this in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. <clears throat> we have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein <clears throat> ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn, the day star arise in your heart. The scripture is an incredible source for that light in our lives. If we don't know this book, then we will not shine. It is this book that changes lives. Not my, not my teaching, not my opinion, but this book. Around the year 450, a guy named uh, Gutenberg of Germany built the first printing press in the Western world. Gutenberg is most famous for the Gutenberg Bible, 
which today is one of the most valuable books ever printed. With the innovation of the printing press, the Bible became more, uh, far more accessible and less expensive than the scriptures, which had been hand-copied by scribes and monks. When the Bible was finally translated from ancient language into language of the common people, it was widely distributed. The translation and distribution of God's Word were the key factor in bringing about the Reformation. The spreading of the light of God's of the Word of God brought about the end of the Dark Ages. It is the Word of God that changes lives. The key here, now, now please please get this because this is so important, at least at least my understanding. The key to the metaphor of salt and light is allowing us to make a difference in the world around us. If we are salt, people around us will know. If we are light, people around us will know. This morning I preached on on the, the, the topic of choices. It is a choice that we make. to allow ourselves to become salt and light. Salt to a needy people, light to a dark world. When our lives fulfill the basic functions of salt and light, we can make a huge impact in the the lives of people around us. So, in closing, let me review very quickly what it is all about. Salt. We talked about the fact that salt preserves. Salt purifies. Salt satisfies. And salt motivates. So uh, the light. Light attracts. It repels darkness. And light requires a source. See, and the, the, the key here, the, the key in this whole this whole thing, I think what Jesus is trying to communicate to us, and I I could be wrong, but this is what I take from it. If we will surrender our lives and plug into the power source, God can use our lives in so many ways. So many ways. But we have to make the choice to let Him do that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, we are truly thankful and grateful for all that you do. Lord, we ask that as we bring our service to an end, that you would speak to our hearts. That you would take the things that we've heard, uh, not just tonight, but over the last several weeks. And Lord, help it to culminate into our hearts and our lives. And help us to, to understand the truths that you are trying to communicate to us. We are truly blessed and we are truly thankful for all that you do. For it's in Christ's name we pray.